This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. What's up, Bulls Nation, and welcome into the CHGO Bulls Podcast presented to you by PointsBet. Don't forget that promo code CHGO when signing up to live your bet life. I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow my guy Big Dave here at BOW, B-A-W-L Sports, and our guy in the bubble down in Brazil. It's Will the Go Gottlieb at Won't Gottlieb on Twitter. We are CHGO underscore Bulls. We got our producer and our pal Joey hanging out with us, running things behind the scenes. We're in a dope Chicago Cubs shirt today. Joey, where'd you get that Cubs shirt? I've I've had this for so many years, Matt. I could not even tell you. It looks like it's retro, but I don't know if it's like, is it like a new retro shirt? or It's like not really retro, but it's like very soft, like great material. Can Will see it or no? Yeah, wow. Joey, I need you on camera for a second. All right, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Come on over here, Joe. Come this on over. This is important. Joey, get over here. Come on. Right behind it's a big day way. for the Cubs. Right behind here. Yeah. It's Cubs. It's a They Cubs just one. made another trade, selling off another piece. There it is. How dope is that shirt? There it is. Let me feel this. Oh, yeah. And he's got the little sleeve logo. Ooh, it is soft. And to support my Cubs guys, you know. Big day today. Big day. We'll be big here all night till 11 p.m. MLB trade deadline. Cody's over there. Stucky's over there. So tune in later. See hey. Whole crew. Cody we got Cubs stuck. guys and Sox guys Sean doing shows today. Everybody's in Trade place. deadline special plus post game. Yes. A lot of sadness on deck, feels like. I think they're, I think they're optimistic. About who they're getting back? I just know there's yeah. been a lot of sadness, you know, in tears because you know, Wilson Contreras. Well, yeah, I think that's already passed, though. Okay. Like, for the Cubs' last homestand before the trade deadline, they already went through the big emotional stuff okay. of, All like, right. saying goodbye to Contreras and Hap if they do get traded. Were you this sad? when? Well, Wilson no. Will, are you sad about Wilson Contreras and Ian Hap? I am sad about Wilson. I love Wilson. He's He's, like, one of my favorite players. But, yeah, I mean – it just the Cubs suck. It sucks that they just got rid of everyone. It sucks that when they had everyone, they weren't good enough. It just it all sucks. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's like it's been pretty much evident for a while that that's what was going to happen. Yeah, we're not we're not thrilled with it. Us Cubs fans are not thrilled with it. Um, I, I know because, this pain. We dealt with this pain last year. But you know what? We don't have time to get into MLB trade deadline. This is a bull show. But right. briefly, before we move on to throwing balls through hoops, speaking of hitting balls with bats, got to give a shout-out to my CHGO softball teammates. We got a big win last night Let's go. against WGN-TV, 14-5. to Very Bats nice. were cooking last night, Will. First, first Will question. Will leaves the country, and immediately you guys start winning. <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. First question, what did you do? What did I do? Yes. Uh, I played right field, uh-huh. committed zero errors, Good. went two for four That's at the plate nice. with a line drive single and a blooper single, okay. scored two runs. There you go. So both times I got on base, I crossed home plate. There you go. That's beautiful, man. And... I love it. More importantly, I brought two friends of mine who were ringers who are also good and contributed to the victory. <laughs> That's my biggest contribution. 
getting people galvanizing together. <laughs> Shout out to my pals Trent Coons for showing up last night. I like night. what Adam says right there. You beat WGN by nine. Oh. oh. Well, we played WGN radio a couple weeks ago, and they beat us by five or six. Uh, well, so collectively, so we, we win the, the aggregate. We beat all of WGN right. with the aggregate score. Yeah. It's incredible, though. I wasn't there last night, but we scored one run last week. So when I heard that we scored 14 runs, it was it was very exciting. We must have been facing like a lefty or something. Or, you okay. know, our team slugs against Y'all the, slug in the splits. No, it, was, uh, it was a portly older gentleman pitcher mm-hmm. for WGN last night. Uh, he was a righty. He threw some crazy backspin stuff, uh-huh. but I think we all... Uh, we were good at waiting for our pitches. Mm-hmm. We got we do we drew several walks, and then everybody just hit the pitches that they liked. Drew walks, put them it's in the all, gaps. Baseball, nice. it's it's all about getting hot at the right time in baseball. You guys are headed to the playoffs. It's that's that's all you need to do is just get hot at the right time. Yeah. True. True. Oh, we I mean we still could have used you making those beautiful diving catches in the outfield. Will we miss you? Yeah, man. Uh, again, we use the word diving very uh, generously <laughs> here. And not diving, falling, collapsing, falling. <laughs> It's a catch. That's all we know. Uh, okay, so on deck today, we are continuing on with our off-season evaluations, grades, and 22-23 season projections of the Eastern Conference foes that the Bulls will be facing next season. So far, we've done the Boston Celtics, the Miami Heat. Today, we will be doing the team that knocked the Bulls out of the playoffs, their Central Division rivals, the Milwaukee Bucks. That's coming up later. Before that, though, Big Dave, you wanted to talk a little bit more today about expectations for Dalen Terry and just yeah. how big of an impact he will make and what the timeline of how big that impact will be, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, Joey, can you help me out for a second? Can you show me this video, uh, please? Because two things actually sparked uh, this question. One was uh, this video I was looking at of one young uh, Dalen Terry over over on the south side, you know, doing his thing, having a good time, uh, playing some hoops and showing out. And just sitting there watching him, man, and just watching how he played and watching how he looked. Woo. Just, you know, you know what I mean? Ferocious just to see junk. it. And, you know, knowing that he's on your team, man. But, yeah, just him looking comfortable. And then I'm watching, you know, all he's doing and the step backs, looking, looking spry. And mm-hmm. it was the one play, I think, on here that you'll Ooh. see that where he – where he does what I think he's going to do all season. Ooh, ooh, that's a tough bucket. It's a bucket right there. But, uh, ooh, look. Oh. Uh, oh. Uh, got him. Get oh, up wow. in there. What? Get one on there, boy. Talk to him, too. Let him know. Dude. Let him know. Those handles but look this better. One, when he steals it, gets it, put back, oh. the energy is brought and felt, oh and the gosh. yelling begins. That's Dale and Terry right there in the nutshell. He nearly pulled on that guy what Scotty did to Patrick Ewing yes, in the playoffs. Correct. Very good. Well done, <laughs> Pat. Good reference. But and that got me to thinking about Dalen Terry's uh, impact this season. Well, when I was thinking about it, and I wa- I was wondering would his impact be immediate or will it be something over time? And it got me to thinking about IO. And uh, Joey, can you show me this, please? Also, this next graphic. Um, this is something Matt that we showed previously when we were on Locked On Bulls. Mm-hmm. Uh, my guy Christian from uh, the Madhouse on Madison. You should definitely follow him. Uh, he put together the I.O. Uh, stat sheet during, during the season about how guys were participating against him when he was defending them. Right, yeah, um, I remember that. So, so now he completed it. Uh, and so now this is exactly how these guys did against I.O. defensively. And if you look at those numbers, it, it's rather impressive to me uh, looking at the guys he was defending and what they did against him, and especially Trey Young, you know, with the four turnovers and the five blocks, shooting 36%. 
And, of course, the uh, Garland make, causing him the nine turnovers, shooting 41%. Tatum uh, there. You see Karis LeVert, Cole Anthony, you know, so on and so on. Bradley Bill, uh, uh, Van Fleet, and uh, our guy Cade out in Detroit. And it got me to think because, for me, that's an immediate impact. Mm-hmm. That's a guy who came in his rookie year and immediately gave dividends for the – paid dividends for the Chicago Bulls this season. And it got me to wondering, will Dalen Terry have – an impact like that this season for the Bulls, Will, or is it something that will be developed over time that will come, you know, maybe later in the season, or will it happen two years from now, or or is it something that we can probably depend on starting from game one? That's a really good question. I, You know, I think one of the things that I was really excited about with Dalen coming into the draft, and, you know, he was super high up on my board, was that he has some NBA-ready skills, and I think – in the draft, it's kind of just like a talent grab, right? You you just are trying to find somebody who can contribute in any way. Dalen, I think, is ready to go uh, as a defensive player and then, you know, just roaming off the ball, whether it's in transition or back cuts and, and things like that. I think he's going to be able to play really well alongside um, Damar and Zach and sort of in the style that the Bulls played when they were at their best this past season, which was like that super transition-heavy game. So... I think he could make a real impact. I've also said before, like, if he's good enough, he'll play. I don't care about, like, the pecking order. Uh, I do care about the pecking order, but you know what I mean. Uh, You know, just in terms of, like, where he is in the rotation and things like that. If he's good enough, he's going to play. I think injuries might need to, you know, if Lonzo's out, for example, he might get an opportunity earlier on. But at the end of the day, if he's good enough, he's going to play. And I think those are some areas where he could make an immediate impact. With Io, I mean, he was just sensational. Like, I don't think you can expect any rookie to come in and do that kind of stuff. Because, I mean, it wasn't just Fred Van Vliet and, you know, Cole Anthony and Darius Garland, who are a little bit smaller than him. He was defending Tatum and and bigger guys like that. So he was just super versatile as a defensive player. I think for the Bulls, it's about rounding out those guys and saying, okay, Io, really good defensive player. Can we make you a more consistent three-point shooter and a more consistent secondary attacker so that you have so that there's no weaknesses in your game same thing for Dalen can you stretch him out and make him more of a reliable shooter and then really see what he has defensively so that he can you know come in and contribute with real rotation minutes so I think that's kind of what we're going to have to see but as with all young players you got to be patient you got to have like let them wait their turn but if they can seize the opportunity then they'll play for sure Brian in the comments chipping in with his opinion saying uh, he doesn't think Dalen will play that much, maybe 10 minutes a game. Um, when you talk about what Io was able to do last season in his rookie season, Dave, it was because he was called into you know more, uh, more pressing need duty yeah. because of extenuating circumstances with other guys on the roster not being available, guys ahead of him in the rotation not being available, mm-hmm. and him rising to that occasion. So I, if the Bulls are, knock on wood, a healthy unit coming into the season, I, I would probably lean towards agreeing with Brian in that I don't see a whole lot of minutes for Dalen Terry. Mm-hmm. When you think about, let's just say, the top seven of the rotation, right? So starting five and the first two off the bench, mm-hmm. I think consensus most people would agree, if healthy, Lonzo, Zach, DeMar, Pat, Vooch, mm-hmm. Caruso, Io slash Kobe, mm-hmm. 
there's your, you know, sixth man and then seven slash eight right there. Okay. And then Drummond backing up Vooch. Javante. Javante might be getting some spot minutes. And unless Donovan is going 10 deep regularly out of the gate, wh- where's Dale and Terry getting minutes? Yeah. I don't see it. I hear that. I, I agree with, with that point. Uh, where I think, I think his impact is going to be immediate. And it's not because of the play. It's because of the energy and the intensity and the culture that I think he's going to bring to this team. So he bringing something that the Bulls, I've been begging the Bulls to have for years, and that's a pulse because uh, the Bulls are nice guys. The Bulls are cool. You know, Bulls are smooth. You know, nothing's going to rattle them. We talked yesterday about DeMar DeRozan, you know, just how even when he's angry, he's not going to let anybody know. He's just going to work harder mm-hmm. at it, and he's not going to let anybody know about his anger and how frustrated he is. Just the person that he is. We know Lonzo is Mr. Cool. You know, it's a lot of cool guys on this team. Nobody with that real energy and fire. Patrick Williams, my guy. Yeah. Dalen Terry is all energy, all right. the time, 24 hours, seven days a week. I can't wait for Patrick Williams to do his first good thing that makes the other team call a timeout and Dalen Terry run out there and chest bump him. Right. Immediately. Like, that stuff <laughs> is going to matter. Because Dalen Terry is going to be that all the time. Will, when we were there, and you, Matt, when we were at the Summer League and we were watching the Bulls get destroyed by the Knicks, what was Dalen Terry doing to the bench when they were getting destroyed? Yelling at the bench because nobody was making any noise. Yes, and not saying anything. Yelling at them. He was like, we can talk too. Yes. (laughs) He's like, we can talk too. We can have discussion too. We can yell at these guys also. That's what he's going to change, and I feel like that impact is important and is going to be immediate for the Chicago Bulls. Team. So you're thinking, like, so basically, you're saying his vibe on yes. the court is maybe what will more so than his game and his game being NBA ready be something that Billy Donovan might see as I need to get that energy on the court this season yeah. because there's a little bit of nasty in there. And our team could use a little bit of nasty. Not, not just the court, but just on the bench. Yeah. And having them vocal and having them up. You know how you love Stanley Johnson so much when he was here. And, and, and DeMar would do anything, and he would lay on the ground and act like he'd just show out. No, that we, was Alizé Johnson. I mean, Alizé, excuse me. Yeah. Alizé Johnson. You love that. Loved it. We need more of that. You know what I'm saying? And I think that Dalen Terry will provide that kind of thing, that kind of toughness and energy. And but And you brought up a great point I didn't even think about. Like, if he's doing all of that, then Billy Donovan, yeah, might look at him and be like, maybe I could use that in the game for spot minutes or this certain situation against a certain team. Certainly if the Bulls have, like, a first quarter where they come out flat. Correct. correct. Then it would be like maybe if he's not normally, you know, six, seven, or eight off the bench, there might be some nights where Billy decides, we look flat as hell, daily get out there and light a fire under your teammates. Go Go ahead, Will. Well, yeah, I mean, you mentioned like the 10 deep idea, and I think there's probably some reason to believe that would be the case. I mean, you look at how the Bulls fizzled out at the end of last year and the workload that DeMar had to carry with Zach and Caruso and Lonzo being not themselves or not available. And so I think, you know, assuming the Bulls are good enough to where they can get away with this, they will try to go a little bit deeper into the rotation, relieve some of the minutes from you know, the star level players, and then hopefully those guys will be in better shape and better health going into the playoffs, assuming they make it. Yeah. And I see Romero saying uh, being a hype man and not going, it's not going to go out and win us games. 
or will be the biggest cheerleader on the bench, though. I'm telling you, man, that stuff is important <laughs> to teams that don't have it and the teams that really need it. I, I saw the Bulls not have that energy. Matt knows a hundred times I yelled about Tony Bradley being carried off the court and how much that frustrated me. And the Bulls need to have this kind of thing. Somebody has to be that spark. And now, Patrick, now that your boy Maddie Legend is gone, you know we don't saying? have the best cheerleader on the that. bench. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got the best cheerleader <laughs> or the best practice player in the league on the bench anymore. You know what I mean? But you're going to need that. And a rookie has to find his space. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. where he can provide and get in. Because because guys, like we talked about with Ayo, like that was an anomaly kind of. You know right. what I mean? A second-round pick coming in in game one and being impactful all season long. It's not something that anybody really expected. And so Daylon Terry might be more by the book, even though he's the 18th pick, Will, and, and a first-round guy. But that might be more expected for him to be on the bench. And where can you contribute? Where can you still help this team? That's where you can do it because that's what he brings. And you're going to need that. You know what I mean? And – to a lesser degree, even though I hated it when he was here so, so much. But Cameron Payne and OKC doing oh, what he did God. with Russell Westbrook. Oh, God. Russell Westbrook loved it. You know what I'm saying? And, and it helped. If you ask Russ, it was like, yeah, dude, this was my thing. That was part of his routine, and he needed that. So I ain't saying Daylon going to be dancing. I ain't saying he's going to be creating that kind of thing like that. I'm just saying the barking, the yelling, and getting everybody hyped up and giving that energy and defining the culture of what this Bulls team should be is going to be an immediate impact for me, Will. Yeah, and, you know, I talked about, you know, immediate skill sets for guys that come in, and I think that's one of them. That fills an immediate hole that they have as far as, you know, you said it, like they're just kind of cool and they need a little bit. Although, did you guys see when DeMar was playing in the Drew, he like kind of got into it with that one guy? Like, I love to see stuff like that. And uh, I think Dalen's going to be, get his nose in a lot of those types of situations for sure. Uh, before we take our first quick break here, a little bit of news from the Bulls that just dropped Ooh. from their Twitter feed. <laughs> the signing of Goran Dragic is now officially official, ah. as well as them releasing a Photoshop and announcing that he will wear number seven Ooh, this season. Okay. So, right. continuing on with some of the Bulls' grace to rock that number, including, of course, another Bulls Euro stud, Tony Kukoc, mm-hmm. and your boy, Ben Gordon. Benjamin! Taking didn't what was Tony Bradley? Didn't he win? Not Tony Brown. I'm sorry, uh, Troy Brown Jr. Uh, was Troy Brown Jr. Number seven. Yeah, he wore seven. He, he wore seven, wore seven okay. as well. Right. So seven. cleansing that number. So yes, did the good. legend TLC. TLC Timothy Luau Cabarro. Yes, my man, dog. Shout out to him. So that's it. So you you just dropped a goat bomb right there. That's a goat bomb. You know, that's breaking news to the breaking goat. news. <laughs> let's uh, let's let's pump the brakes there. I, you know what? That also probably means. What? You know what that also probably means is that uh, when the Bulls trade for Kevin Durant, he's going to have to find a new number. <laughs> maybe, he'll, maybe he'll go back to 35. The Bulls don't have a 35, do they? No, they don't have a 35. Right? Oh, he there can you have, go. He can have that number two. <laughs> if he wants both those numbers, he can have them. Today's episode is brought to you guys by PointsBet. As I mentioned at the top of the show, the best way to support CHGO is to download that PointsBet app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you're going to get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars but that's not all if you make a 50 dollars more first time deposit that's right you're getting a free membership to chgo which unlocks all of our amazing web content on our website allchgo.com including all the great work by all of our credentialed reporters and journalists covering all of your favorite chicago sports teams you'll also get a free shirt anyone you want from our chgo merch locker 
That's $2,000 of free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free CHGO shirt, all just for making a $50 first-time deposit with PointsBet, and you want to do that anyway mm-hmm. because it's your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. If you see an edge in the game you're watching, maybe your favorite team is primed for a comeback. Don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. Don't just watch the game. Bet along with it. That's right. Live! Follow along with your bets the moment they hit and stay in the live action all game long. Download the PointsBet app right now and use promo code CHGO. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Will the thrill tell them what to do? So much enthusiasm. You live your bet life. Ooh, right back at you. What, what, what are you expecting? No enthusiasm? Was... I'm getting, with each points bet ad read, I'm getting more and more excited for the NFL season to start. We're getting so close, you guys. Bears had their first practice with pads today. They did. Let's they did. go. They had the pads on, Will. I got to put my points you know? bet betting pads on soon. <laughs> Will, like, I don't know. Doesn't Will look like a quarterback? I, I don't know, this? man. Dude, he's, he's, he's got a little bit of Jay Cuddy vibes today. I don't know. I, I say Garoppolo. There's a little more Garoppolo in there. Is the Cuddy the beard, the five o'clock uh, cheddar? Yeah, and, and Cuddy also used to have that just sort of like dirty blonde slash light brown hair mm-hmm. with that same just like forehead, you know, flip that, yeah, that Will has going. Will perfect, though. Like, he just literally woke out the bed and said, like Beyonce, I woke up like this. Look in the maze. Look at wonderful like that. That's how he does, man. I got... I got nothing for you guys. Uh, <laughs> We're we just telling truth over here, Will. We're just telling truth. Brazil has been good to you, I, brother. I love, I love Cutler, but, you know, he's also got a lot of character issues that I don't <laughs> love so much. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm just saying purely right. physical resemblance. I wouldn't want to be compared to, to Cuddy either. That dude sucks. Well, I threw out Garoppolo for you, brother. Well, I threw out Garoppolo. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Dave. You're always looking out. I, I got you. It. I got you. Uh, all right, guys. Let's talk about... The Bulls Central Division rivals the Milwaukee Bucks, the team that bounced the Bulls out of the first round of these 2022 playoffs That's favorite. in five games. Yeah, I, uh, I got no love for the Bucks these days. <laughs> but they've basically owned the Central Division since LeBron left Cleveland a second time to true. go play in L.A. That's true. They've got a multi-time MVP in Giannis Antetokounmpo, mm-hmm. won the title back in 2021, were bounced out of the second round in a knockdown dragout series against the Boston Celtics, the eventual Eastern Conference champs. And in certain ways, I think their offseason has kind of mirrored the Miami Heat. So we talked about Miami's offseason last week and that like they just kind of brought back a lot of the same guys and didn't make any big splash moves compared to some other teams like, say, the Sixers, who we're going to talk about tomorrow. They had a wild offseason. Uh, but so let's start with this. What did the Bucks do in the draft? They're one of the teams who took a swing on a G League prospect, that being Marjan Bochamp, who we talked a little bit about Damn. as maybe a guy who could be in the picture for the Bulls at 18. Played for the G League Ignite last season. The wing, who is 6'6", 197, he's got a 7'1", wingspan. He's a very dangerous off-ball player on the offensive end Mm -hmm. and I think has potential to be a quality defensive player in the NBA. Um, His 1.32 points per shot around the rim in the G League last season was in the 85th percentile. Dude can play above the rim pretty well um, with his ability of length and the way he can have a nice soft touch and finish around the rim. There is a little bit of a question mark on whether or not he'll be a reliable three-point shooter at the NBA level. That part of his game needs work. 
what did you guys think about this selection for the Bucks with their lone draft pick? Dave, I'll start with you. You know what? It reminded me of what the Bulls used to do in the 90s and what basically what championship teams do. You draft for need. Um, you can pick a guy that you think is going to fit in with your system and what you got going on. Not, not necessarily the best available or anything like that, but the guy who's going to fit for you. And that's what I thought of when I, when I saw him. Um, he's just a guy who's athletic, who plays solid defense really, really well. And like you said, that wingspan is going to help out a lot. And you're like, yeah, they can use more of those kind of guys out there. Because, listen, when you got Giannis, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you're just trying to put people around him and decide who can come in while he's taking a break. And that's exactly what I think of when I, when I thought of Bochan. I was like, okay, you won't hurt anything. You can score around the bucket. You, you, you're not afraid to go inside. Um, your frame, you, you can get a little bigger. You know what I mean? He, he definitely needs to put some, put some weight on, I think. Um, and like you said, that three-point shot, I mean, it's just a critical thing now in the NBA nowadays if you want to have a long career, especially playing at those wing positions. So he de you're right, he definitely has to work on those things. But those kind of intangibles like the defense, uh, the IQ, and those kind of things, I think he really does have uh, very well. And he just is the nice piece that they can develop and put in when they need him to. So I didn't mind the pick. I thought it was a cool pick, and it's what championship teams, I, I think, do, Will. You, you draft for kind of a need. Absolutely. Um, you know, I wasn't super high on Bocamp, but he absolutely fits a need. I don't dislike this pick at all for the Bucs. Um, in fact, I think it makes a lot of sense, especially when you look at who was taken behind him. Like, there was no nobody that really stood out. It was like... Blake Wesley, Wendell Moore, Jovich, I think could have been an option, but he's so far away from being able to contribute. Um, Baldwin, Ty Ty Washington, like none of these guys really stand out as realistic um, options that could contribute more than Bocamp could right away. And I think that's where the G League Ignite experience playing against like other pro professional or, um, you know, G League caliber players is really valuable. He's six seven. He's a really good athlete, and he actually shot the ball really well in summer league. Forty five point eight percent on threes on four point eight attempts per game, which is just a lot for a guy that was a he was like really poor shooter in uh, in the G League in the twelve games that he played there. So yeah, I think fourteen uh, percent. So a lot of variability with the jumper, but like they need athletes. They need guys that can get baskets playing around Giannis. Like that's kind of all it comes down to and be real pesty defenders. And I think he can contribute in those ways. And then like every team believes they can turn guys into shooters. Like that's the easiest thing for, for you to learn as an NBA player. And so they're just making that bet and saying, well, he's got all these tools. He's going to be a good defender. He's going to play well off the ball. He was in kind of a weird setting with all these non-shooters and Jaden Hardy and Dyson Daniels and all these guys with the ignite. And in our ecosystem, we're going to teach him how to shoot, and he's going to be a hell of a player. So I, I really like that move for them, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, interesting uh, to see where, if at all, he fits into this Bucks rotation this coming season because they returned a pretty solid rotation, yeah. basically the same rotation they had last year, plus one interesting piece, which we'll get to in a, in a minute. Um, as far as the Bucks in the second round, they didn't have a second-round pick coming into the 22 draft because it was forfeited as punishment for tampering with Bogdan Bogdanovich back in 2020. They did, however, acquire the rights to Indiana's second-round pick, the 58th pick, which ended up being Hugo Besson Hugo. from the New Zealand Breakers. Oh, my favorite team. Um, 
probably a draft and stash candidate. Mm -hmm. Probably not a name you're going to need to worry about this upcoming season. So there it is. Like you said, just sort of a draft for need in the 20s and a draft and stash second round. Very low-key draft for the Milwaukee Bucks. The free agency part of the Bucks offseason was a bit more interesting. I'd say as far as returning players, best thing they did as you look at him there, oh, with the with the goggles, they brought our old pal Bobby Portis back yes. on a longer-term deal, four years, $48.5 million. Mm -hmm. Good for Bobby. That is a great role-player contract. Yeah. And he, he took – considerably less money than he could have gotten on the open market last offseason because he wanted to run it back with the champs and the city of Milwaukee fell in love with him and embraced him so I'm glad to see Bobby get that contract and also in the times when Brick Lopez was out or they were shorthanded with maybe some of their other wings or or combo forwards mm -hmm. Bobby has been a rock for that Milwaukee team for the last two years that's a fact and I mean just super dependable uh, knows his role now. You know what I mean? Like, you, we saw it while he was here. He was still trying to figure it out. Uh, was he a starter? Was he not? Was he a good three-point shooter? You know, what kind of guy was he? We, you would see bits and flashes of it. Right. Um, because I still <laughs> I immediately think of those first two games that you hate uh, in the playoffs against Boston when Bobby Portis was lights out, you know, with his jump shot. Uh, he, was, he was water. He really was. Like, he, he was killing them. And, and I was like – you could kind of see the development there that, oh, man, he's got a nice touch. You know what I mean? Like, he, he could really develop that. And he has. He's become a really just super reliable three-point shooter. In addition to all the energy, in addition to the, you know, going inside and uh, yelling at people for thinking that they hit his mama in the face. <laughs> Things like that. But Bobby Portis is somebody you root for. You know what I mean? We were all rooting for Bobby Portis. We were all rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. We were rooting for Bobby Portis to get his check. And get his money. And so when he gets a ring and he got his check, we were just ecstatic about it. Well, at least I, I know uh, Matt and I were, man. But he is just that kind of guy. And, yeah, he, he fits right in. They chant his name. They love him. He's the man in Milwaukee, Will. And, yeah, he's, he's made a good decision. Yeah, I was never a big fan of Bobby while he was with the Bulls because I, I just feel like he didn't really get it. He didn't really – like figure it out, but that's something that you can obviously learn. And he did, I mean, he really gets it now and is, has just been awesome for the bucks. He's a great fit next to Giannis. And actually I think they got him on a really value contract. Like he's making $10.8 million this year, um, on a four year deal, uh, up to 48 million total. And John Hollinger makes this, um, player valuation tool and it's called board. And Bobby Portis, he has valued at 15.8 million. So they got him well under market value. And like you said, I mean, he just, he fits there. He's their guy. It makes a lot of sense. So I thought that was a great signing. And some of the other moves they made too. Um, I just think they, all they really needed to do was bring back the core that they had because they had a situation where it was like, like, I believe in continuity for them. You know, like they've, they've done it for one and for two, <laughs> not, not as much for the Bulls. Like, they've done it. They won a championship with this group. Right. So I think there's there's reason number one, and frankly, kind of all you need to know. But also, like, Chris Middleton went down, and that was a huge blow to them, and they just kind of lost in this bizarre Game 7 where Grant Williams hit, like, 14 threes. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, I mean, they're right there, and they will be with this group. Um, so 
I thought the one weird thing that they did was give Joe Ingles the full uh, taxpayer mid-level um, one year, 6.4 million coming off an ACL injury. He's not going to be ready until at least January. So that was a little bit weird, but for the most part, I really like their off season. Yeah. Let's talk about Ingles a little bit more. Cause that's the one new piece really that Milwaukee added this off season, other than Bochamp, the rookie. Um, so traded by Utah at the middle of last season, after he had suffered that injury, the ACL tear, to Portland, then signs this one-year deal with the Bucks in free agency. And uh, I think from what I heard around NBA media, national media and talking, a lot of people praised it as a good, if he comes back and can play the back end of the regular season and be available for a playoff run, that's a good low-key move to add another shooter. And Ingles can do a few of the other like low-key things other than shooting I, th I think he's a decent playmaker and passer for a guy who looks like he shouldn't be but <laughs> most importantly the dude can knock down shots yeah. um the big question as you just mentioned will is how long will this acl rehab take and where will he fit into the picture once he becomes available because where are you putting him in that mix of you got Giannis, you got Brooke Lopez coming back, you got Bobby, who we just talked about, plus you got all these wings. You still got Ibaka, who they brought back on a one-year deal. Where where does Joe Ingles fit into that picture, do you think, Dave? Joe Ingles, in my opinion, was brought, back, brought here strictly for the playoffs. Yeah. And I think that's why they don't care that he won't be ready until January. They're not worried about it. I think that he is strictly – a playoff person. He is um guy who's the guy we just talked to, a Gallinari. Mm -hmm. That he is he, he's gonna be a Gallinari kind of guy for them. And he fits them perfectly. His whole vibe fits them perfectly. You know, just the irritant, you know what I mean, that will get on your nerves. And you combine that with Matt's favorite guy, Grayson Allen. You got these two just irritants out there, you know what I mean, running around in the playoffs, causing havoc, but can also shoot the rock. At the same time, and Joe Ingles can shoot that thing. Bro. He can shoot that ball. And, you know, bringing his veteran leadership, you know what I'm saying, and all that experience in, you know, and also just that international play where he's also a legend as well. Um, but he is, he's going to be important to them when, come playoff time. So that's why I like the move. I was like, oh, I get exactly why you all are getting him. Like, this is strictly for the playoffs. You need another shooter around. Somebody's got to combat uh, Grant Williams. You know, when he goes off like that again in a game seven, Will, they're going to have to have another guy who can put the ball in the bucket because Grayson Allen, who was killing the Bulls, was not doing that, you know what I'm saying, against Boston. And they needed another guy who could hit those three-point shots at that time. And Ingles has that ice water in his veins kind of thing where he's not afraid to take that shot, and he damn sure will hit it when it goes up. 100%. Um, I, I totally agree about the playoffs and, you know, what I saw from there's a couple of reasons why I like this. Number one is without Chris Middleton last year, the Bucks really struggled to create half court offense. Obviously, Giannis is just Giannis. Like there's no other way to describe his greatness. He is just Giannis. And you know when you collapse the paint and you have guys like Grant Williams and Al Horford and Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart and all these guys to throw at Giannis, it really makes life difficult on him especially when there's no secondary creator and when the bucks are at their best, it's really Chris Middleton running pick and rolls with Giannis where he's able to make plays as a, as a scorer and a facilitator to Giannis or the other shooters around him. And I think that's what they really missed last year without him in the playoffs. And they made it to a game seven 
of the conference semifinals. So for me, Ingles is basically a very similar player to Middleton in that he can run a lot of pick and roll. He's done it at a super high level with Gobert, with the Jazz. But you can also put him in the corner and he shoots, I think he shot 45% on threes, not this past year, but the year before. Like he's a career 40 plus percent three-point shooter. And then you put him in this Milwaukee Bucks ecosystem where they basically just like don't care about getting isolated one-on-one or giving up threes because they're just going to collapse on you and not let you score in the paint. And they say, like we saw in game seven, like if Grant Williams wants to take 17 threes and make 14 of them or whatever it was, like, fine, we'll go down that way. But against the Bulls, it worked where they shot 52 threes and made like four. So um, I think they'll be okay with Brooke Lopez, Giannis, Drew, and you know, whether it's Wesley Matthews or Connaughton or whoever it is, they can afford to have Ingles out there because they won't get killed defensively. They have the ability to make up for it. And then they also get that extra boost as like a secondary version of Chris Middleton to come in and play a little pick and roll. Um, There are some reasons why I don't love it though, which is why would you give six and a half million dollars to a guy who's not going to play half a season, who's 35 years old, and could you have done something else with that money? I mean, there were other guys that took the taxpayer MLE for the same price. But I think the idea for them was we'll give them one season. Uh, it's only a one-year deal. And if it works, great. We'll try to figure out a way to keep them. And if it doesn't, then we're off the books next year. We've still got that taxpayer mid-level and we can use it on somebody else. So I think it was a little bit, um, that was kind of the the opportunity cost there is like, do we want to go after someone and go the PJ Tucker route where you give them the three full years? Or do you want to try to take a swing on somebody that can really potentially help you in the playoffs? And then if not try to take another crack at it next year. Uh, A little further in depth with the comment you made about just how much of a three point threat Ingles is. Will you mentioned this past season, his percentage dipped a little bit, 34.7% behind the arc on 6.3 attempts per game. You wonder if there was something bothering him injury-wise that was affecting his shot before the ACL injury happened. Because prior to that, going back to the 16-17 season all the way through the 2021 season, he never shot lower than 39% from behind the three-point line and shot as high as 45%. And forty four percent in another one of those seasons. I mean, the dude like is super a high volume. Stud. I mean, four, five, six attempts per game. So right, yeah, he, somewhere he, between four like... and six attempts per game. But you know, uh, that's that's still a decent volume for a guy who's just a role player. If a guy who is a role player comes in and his job is to get up four to six threes per game, and he's knocking them down between thirty nine and forty five percent, you will absolutely take that any night of the week. The other thing, and I'll, I'll circle back to it briefly, mentioning that he's sort of an underappreciated playmaker. And, Will, you were talking about how sometimes the Bucks' half-court offense could get really stagnant in this playoff run, and it's something that they've been dealing with, especially in the absence of Middleton. 5.3 assists per 36 for Joe Ingles in his career. The dude just makes plays and finds open teammates in ways that, again, it's just silly. You look at him, you're like, that's just like a slow 50-year-old white guy from Australia. There's no way he's a playmaker. He's a playmaker. Yes. And I wonder if in certain parts of the Bucks rotation, not that he's going to be like primary ball handler. Of course he won't be. But will he help if and when the Bucks half-court offense is kind of sputtering with his passing ability? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, I think, what he's really built to do. Uh, he did it a lot with the Jazz as the sort of bench offensive initiator. When Conley or Donovan Mitchell were out, they gave the ball to Ingles. And when they were in, and he played like in the mid-20s minutes, like for the most part of his career. So it's not like he's just like a, you know, come in for a spell kind of guy. Like he can really contribute if he's healthy. And that's a big if, and that's kind of why I think the contract shaked out the way it shook out the way that it did. Um, but he definitely adds an element that they were really missing. And you saw them desperately trying to figure out a solution so that Giannis didn't have to play 48 minutes a game in the playoffs. And so they could just like do something when everybody was just like collapsing on him. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we will get to our offseason grades and our projection for what we see the Bucks doing next season coming up in just a minute. But first, Big Dave. Yeah. Tell the people about the Owen. Oh, I got him. D Mays, what up, boy? Oh, and Mark, yeah, SummerSlam was amazing, by the way. Yeah, the tractor was crazy. <laughs> Let me tell y'all about Owen, which stands for only what you need. And what you need is this. It's a 100% plant-based shake that gives you nutrition that works as hard as you do, as Will does, as Joey does. Joey's got eight computers going on over there. He's doing so many things at one time. It's amazing. It's free of artificial ingredients. It's allergen-friendly. It's no gluten or dairy and it is easily digestible, so it is nice to your tummy. And you want things that are nice to your tummy. But don't just take our word for it. You know who else endorses this product? Guess, guess who else likes this product? Uh, QB1. QB1! Justin Fields likes this product. He enjoys some Owen, and you should enjoy it too. So to make it easier for you guys to enjoy this wonderful product, Owen and CHGO have partnered up to give you this incredible, awesome offer. You can get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. Com. Use the code CHGO20. That's liveowen.com. The code is CHGO20. So join Justin Fields. Join a computer, Joey. Join that perfectly coiffed hair, that guy, Will Gottlieb, and myself, and try a win because it's only what you need. Because as you all know, a win's a win. A win. Hey. There it is. <laughs> Yo, you get ready for that because I'm gonna start tossing that to you. I'm I was born ready. You born? <laughs> you for real got like six computers happening right now, dude. It's impressive. Just never, two. just two. Never yes. doubt the Joey multitasking. Oh man, running impressive. our show while also making ridiculous photoshops at yes. the same time. Yes, yes, he is. Uh, shout impressive. out to our guy Charlie in the comments who said, "In my opinion, the gap between the Bulls and Bucks is significant. When healthy, the Bulls have high upside with the potential to be a top four seed in the East. So, does that mean you think?" Top four seed, high upside for the Bulls, but then Bucks significantly higher than that. Like you got him locked in as a one or two seed next season. Well, let's take a look at what Big Dave and Will and I think as far as what the Bucks did this offseason and where we see them going next season. Mm -hmm. There are our grades for offseason. Interesting. Big Dave and I both rocking C pluses. Will, I'm curious why you gave them a grade as strong as a B when really all they did was draft Marjan Bochamp Sign Ingles on a one-year flyer. Maybe he's healthy enough to contribute deal. Mm -hmm. And then basically bring back the roster from last season. I actually had this a little bit higher. And then I saw your guys' grades and it scared me into lowering it to a B. But but I really do think they had a really solid... Javon Carter on a two-year deal. Is that it? (laughs) Or Wesley Matthews? Every every deal they made was really good value. Like, I, I already spoke to the Joe Ingles thing. He, I think is a risk, but it's a one year thing. And he potentially could be super helpful to a huge hole that they have. They got Bobby Portis on 
a super bargain deal and locked him in for four years alongside Giannis when Brooke Lopez making $13 million is coming off the books next year. You don't really know what's going to happen there. They got Connaughton to resign on a below market value deal. Uh, and then they brought back their depth pieces in Javon Carter for 2 million bucks a year and Wesley Matthews, who was like unbelievable defensively against the Bulls, uh, didn't play as well against the Celtics. But like they they didn't do anything splashy, but I don't think I, you know, discredit them for that. Like they they were a really good team and they were one game away from the conference finals. They're the champions two years ago and have basically this same team. And then I like what they did with Bocamp. I think he fits well, and I think they'll be able to develop him. Um, we, we don't love him, but Grayson Allen, I think, is a really positive contributor for them. Like, Ooh. you saw the way he can get hot and give God. them that shooting that they really need. So, like, their team is super deep, and I think they they filled some holes. And if they're healthy, they're going to be right in that mix again. And that's why, that, why I have them in the top three. And so I don't think it's a situation like Miami where they actually lost anybody, and you have to, like, discredit for them for that because – they brought everybody back. They had a couple of key additions. Maybe they could have done something a little bit better with the with the mid-level exception that they used on Ingles. That's kind of where I waffled a little bit. But I think just because you didn't make a big move doesn't mean you had a bad offseason for a team that's as good and complete and has a Giannis like the Bucks do. Um, you know, there are other situations like the one here in Chicago where standing pat or making a few minor additions I don't think is good enough. But I think the Bucks for what they had and what they were able to play with. I think they, they had a really nice offseason. Larry in the comments agrees with you, Will. Really good for them to keep their nice pieces from last season. Just Shout a little bit you, more flavor. Uh, <laughs> Big Dave, your thoughts with I, your grade. I agree with everything Will said, but for me to give somebody a B, you have to have a dude. <laughs> you know, that's For me, that gets you a B is getting that guy. Um, when when the main guy that you brought is is Joe Ingles, I'm like that for me isn't isn't gonna get you to that level of, of a B. It's better than what I saw the Heat do because I gave I had the Heat at a C minus, mm -hmm. uh, but that's why I gave them a C plus because of everything you just said. Well, I completely agree with. Um, it's it was great moves that they made and smart moves that championship teams make. Uh, you stand pat, but at the same time you build a little bit and you adjust certain things. You're not trying to change everything because you don't need to. So you just adjust certain things and you add to what you kind of need. But, you know, for me to give you a higher grade than that, I'm going to need – I just want – I just, in my opinion, you got to bring in that guy. Like re-signing Bobby Portis, getting Ingles, Javon Carter, Cunnington, Connington, those aren't Bs to me. You know what I mean? Those are hard C-pluses and awesome C-pluses, which I passed uh, high school on, so I ain't dissing C-pluses at all. I'm all about that. But – yeah, I'm, I, that will get you a B from me, but they did good. Like, they did good, and I still think they're a top three team in the East, man. Right. I basically agree to the letter of what Dave just said. If you're going to get a grade better than a C, it's because you did more than what was expected of you. For a Bucks team that has a championship-caliber roster and their to-do list was basically just bring back their role players on – you know, reasonable deals, and they did that, you fulfilled what you should have done. That's a C. And I threw in a plus for the flyer on Ingles and the yeah. fact that I like Marjan Bochamp yeah. and the fact that they got Bobby on a pretty team-friendly deal. For those reasons, I gave him a plus. But other than that, like, 
that doing what good, you should plus do. Plus, they did this, this, and this, which are really good. But I'm gonna give them a C plus. Dude, but th but that's the Dude. thing. Those are all just little minor things that are yeah, a little bit better lost. than just what you should have done. And they that's why what those the Bucks doing like what they, they should do is a C plus. Yeah, I, I, plus. I hear you, but I think they there's a real possibility that they couldn't afford to keep all those guys that they wouldn't have gotten them on below market value deals and i i think again it's different because the bucks are a contender as as they are currently constructed whereas the bulls are not but i think just to to get that group back together and you know give them another chance while also adding a young player who they can develop and ingles who i think really really helps them if he's healthy I think that's like a really solid offseason. So for me, it's a B. I def d definitely see that it's not like glamorous or that, you know, they like in order to like, for example, we'll get to it tomorrow with the Sixers. Like they had a couple of key, key acquisitions and I'm much more bullish on what they did. But right. I still think that uh, maybe it's just like a different curve. But I, I still think what the Bucks did was very, very solid. All things considered. Spoiler, my grade for the Sixers offseason will be better than my grade for the Bucks offseason. <laughs> Uh, so just real quick to clarify, Joey, did we all have the Bucks finishing as a top three seed in the East next season? Yeah, we all agree Okay, on so we yeah. all agree on that. We all also agreed on the Celtics being back in the top three yes. next season. Right. We all agree that Miami's going to fall off a little bit and yes. end up somewhere four through six. Yes. So that's interesting. So now each of us have two of our three top three spots filled. Who will we all choose to be that other team in the top three in the East next season. What up, Herb? Herb Lawrence. It's Herb Lawrence. Oh, my goodness. Ain't that um, wild that we know Herb Lawrence? It's crazy, Ain't man. crazy, G? Like, just for real. Just our pal Herb was, went, went for a jog down the alley the other day. Did you <laughs> see saw, that? Oh, did I see it? I, I told you, I drove down the alley right before it happened. Oh, that's right. And I drove down the alley, and I pounded everybody. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't ask no questions. I don't ask no questions, Will. I just, you know, continue on. Uh, like, hey, what's up, everybody? And then... Everything happened. Speaking of Sometimes Herb. it's better to just see the final product, you know. You don't <laughs> want to get too, too in the yes, weeds. Yes, you're right. Uh, we got to get out of here a little bit earlier than usual today because we've got MLB trade deadline day specials coming up from the Cubs crew and the White Sox crew who will then also stick around and do post-game shows tonight. It's a long day of work for our baseball people here at CHGO. Yeah, so keep it awesome. locked right here right, yeah. on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel to catch all of that content covering MLB trade deadline yes, day. Sir. Yes, sir. And we'll be back tomorrow with a fresh episode of CHGO Bulls for you guys. We're going to look at what the Philadelphia 76ers did mm -hmm. with their offseason. Harden taking a pay cut Woo. to bring help to Philly. Uh, in the meantime, say what's up to us on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore Peck. Big Dave is at BOW, B-A-W-L Sports. <laughs> what the hell That's what he's that? been working on. Look at this. what he's been working on. Will Israel at Won't Gottlieb. Oh, look at it. Yes. Wow. Why does wow. his look awesome? Look at that. Of course it does. Is Joey <laughs> bored today? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> he's got on. a lot of work to do today, man. Okay, to yeah. Do. Just cover my face up with a steak again, Joey. That's great. Shout out. It. Thanks to our pal, our producer, Joey. <laughs> he don't hate it. Uh, and we will talk to all of you guys tomorrow. Until then. For Big Dave, Will, and Joey, I'm Pac. See Red, be good.